Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Today, I'm answering two questions from parents. The first from a mom who has a question actually about her niece and helping her through her parents' divorce. The second is from a mom of an eight-year-old stepson who wants to know how to help him with his big meltdowns and tantrums. So our first mom, Jessica, writes, I have a question concerning my niece. Her parents are getting a divorce, and lately she has been asking constantly if we love her, which is giving me the impression she needs validation and making sure the people in her life are there for her. She openly talks about her parents fighting and her dad not living with them anymore, and I'm not sure how to respond. I tell her no matter what that her parents love her. She is now showing a bit of jealousy towards my 10-month-old when her grandparents or her mom pays her attention. But I don't know what to say to her since her mom is not even realizing the situation. Any advice would help. So Jessica, this is a tough situation. Not only the divorce, but also the fact that she's not your child. So you have even less control over how things are going to go. The parents in the situation are the ones with the control over how they're going to handle this. Divorce is almost never easy, and I say almost because I have heard of the very rare couple where they both realize they just grew apart, but still respect, care for, and even love each other, but know they just can't stay together if they're to pursue happiness. Almost never happens, right? For the other 99.9% of divorces, they range from amicable but still very taxing emotionally to downright ugly. Best case scenario? Both parents are extremely committed to making the kids' well-being the center of focus, even if it means biting their tongues or sacrificing time, energy, and resources through the process with classes and therapy and decisions about co-parenting. It means no fighting in front of the kids, no criticizing the other parent in front of the kids. If, God forbid, there is fighting in front of the kids, never, ever fight about the kids in front of the kids. Even though adults know it's not about the kids, the kids don't. If adults start fighting about whose turn it is to pick up the kids or how one adult feels they're vastly more responsible around the kids, then the kids feel like they are the reason the parents aren't getting along. It's extremely damaging. They are the kids. They have a lot of needs, but it's not their fault. The adults know it's about not feeling appreciated or feeling like the job and effort are very lopsided. 
even though Jessica, you're not the one getting divorced and none of this or most of this really doesn't apply to you, I'm putting this all out there because one, it's a topic I've never covered. So I probably have some parents out there who are considering, are in the process of, or who are divorced. And so it just gives an idea of what a good divorce can and should look like. It also gives an idea of what this child might be going through. Also, it's spending extra time with the kids through the process and assuring the children that they both still love them as much as ever and reassuring kids that they're not even remotely any part of the reason for the parents splitting up, that the responsibility revolves solely around and squarely on the parents' shoulders. So back to what does a good divorce or a better divorce look like? This is a divorce where both parents can still stand to be near each other to be in the same room together and therefore can go and support their children for awards, sports and scholarly competitions, even birthday parties and the like if possible. I have seen families like this and one in particular is actually the grandparents who got divorced many, many years ago when their kids, who are now the parents of their grandchildren, were still very young. But these grandparents still to this day, grandma, Grandpa and his wife come to everything, I mean everything for the grandkids, all sports competitions, birthday parties, family dinners, you name it. They have done an incredible job. This is what everyone should strive for, to put their differences behind them and show up for the kids. Now these are all best case scenarios, things to strive for as the parents. Again, I'm putting all this out there because I want to give parents a high bar to shoot for. Even if you can't get all the way there, it gives a vision and even if we can get closer to hitting that mark, the closer the better. Now I'm sure some parents out there are thinking, yeah right, you don't know my ex or you don't know my spouse, there's a reason we're getting divorced and that's fair. There are some people with whom an amicable divorce is just not going to happen. So the best we can do is take care of ourselves and our children and for us to stay as focused on the kids as possible and know that we just don't have control over other people's behavior. The basic idea is just to keep everything as much the same for the kids as we possibly can. Another best case scenario, the parents switch homes and the kids stay put rather than making the kids have two homes. Some people can do this, some people have done this, but many cannot and most cannot. But it's something to consider, discuss, or shoot for, if at all possible, that this can be on the table. Either way, if the kids can stay at the same school, keep the same activities, these are all extremely helpful. I also strongly recommend everyone go to therapy, alone and together. Yes, even the couple getting divorced, and especially the couple getting divorced should go together to learn how to communicate effectively and to what degree they can do so without upsetting anyone more than necessary. What topics to steer clear of when it comes to arranging kids and schedules and discipline and expectations in the home and to try to get on the same page as much as possible. It's very common in divorce for couples or sometimes just one to use the kids as ammunition against the other parent. It's also common for one parent to try to be the cool parent and take the kids to a bunch of fun places, buy them nice things so the kids will like that parent more. This is another area where therapy can really help. When it's two people trying to share feelings and frustrations when they've already realized they cannot work together, these conversations are probably not going to go very well. 
So if you have a therapist, a neutral third party who can help you to focus the attention on what is best for the kids and help each of the parents frame their decisions in that view, it can help greatly. So Jessica, you are not one of the ones getting divorced here and you're not one of the people who really has any control over how any of this is going to go down. The only control you have is to talk with the parent you're closest to to make any suggestions. Now, I'm not sure if this is your brother or sister or your husband's brother or sister who's getting the divorce. If it's your husband's, then he could have the talk with his sibling, depending on how close he feels. Or if it's your sibling, then you can have the talk with that sibling, depending on how close or comfortable you feel having that conversation. Pointing out what you've noticed and that you love your niece and you just want to make sure that she gets through this feeling as supported as possible. It's definitely natural that she will have some jealousy towards her cousin because her cousin has two parents who are together and there's probably nothing in the world she wants more right now than to have her parents just make up and decide to stay together. The good news is though, is that she's sharing with you. It's good that she feels so comfortable that she can share this stuff with you. So some things you can do for her are, just like you have been, letting her know that both of her parents still love her very much, that she has nothing to do with their decision, that sometimes grown-ups just realize that they have changed and feel it's better if they don't live together anymore. But let her know that she will still see them both as much as they possibly can. When someone is paying attention to her cousin, you can make sure that you are paying attention to her, asking her about her interests, her hobbies, her academics, have her play a game with you. You could have things at your house that she likes to do, like drawing, coloring, building, whatever that she likes, and then make sure you compliment her on her efforts without going overboard though. And if you've heard any of my other episodes where I talk about self-esteem or rewards and praise, you'll know exactly what I mean here. If not, be sure to go back and listen to those. Off the top of my head, I know episode two is about self-esteem and I cover how to encourage and compliment without placating in that episode. There's also another episode or two about rewards and punishments. I know it's in there along with several other episodes. Now, the other thing you can do is to have her over once or twice a week, whatever you can manage if her parents would be open to that. You or your husband can just express that you know that things are tumultuous for them right now and that if they need any time to deal with things or just for a break, that you're happy to have her over. This will give her a place where things are relatively steady and unchanging, which will give her some sense of security. These situations are very scary for kids because they just don't know what to expect and how much their world is going to change. It feels very uncertain and very scary and they have no control over any of it. So anything you can do to understand her feelings and alleviate that will go a long way. Now I'll get to the next question from Stephanie about tantrums in her eight-year-old stepson and how to work on this issue when we return after a word from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 
30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Now that we're back from the break, let's get right to Stephanie's question. She says, I just recently started listening to your podcast and I have learned so much on how to raise my toddler and how to resolve her tantrums in the right way. However, my husband and I are having trouble with my eight-year-old stepson. He has seldomly thrown tantrums, only here and there from six years old till now, but more recently he has been doing it every few days. There have been a lot of drastic changes in both families. At his mom's, he has just gained one more sibling, and in our family, we moved to another state to be closer to him. He has separation anxiety from his dad when he has to go back to his mom's. So when we would drop him off at school, he would have complete meltdowns because he would be scared that his dad wasn't picking him up at the end of the day. He also has meltdowns about getting dressed properly. At his mom's house, she lets him go to school in basketball shorts and t-shirts, so he is used to that. When he comes to our house, he refuses to get dressed in anything but active or sleepwear. So much so that even at our wedding, when it came time for him to put on his suit, he threw a tantrum and locked himself into the bathroom until my husband and I said he could stay in his sweats. He has meltdowns when it comes to taking family pictures and anything that doesn't go his way. I am desperate for some help in talking to him to help us understand what is wrong and help us get him to do simple stuff like getting dressed for a nice lunch or dinner. How do I go about this and how can I resolve this issue in a way that makes all parties happy? Thank you so much for your advice. 
So Stephanie, his tantrums are definitely related to the changes and to feeling out of control in his world. It's his way of trying to get back some control. The new sibling at mom's house is bound to throw things off. And I just talked about this in last week's episode as well. So if you didn't listen to that one, be sure to go back and listen so you can gain a better understanding of what he is likely feeling and experiencing with that. With a sibling that now has both parents living under the same roof, yet his are not. It sounds like you all live near him now, though, so that his dad can be a more regular part of his life. So if I'm understanding that correctly, then that is a good thing. Another question is, is there a set schedule for him with each parent each week for pickups, drop-offs, and nights he stays over? If not, I would definitely have everyone do the best they can to set up a consistent schedule. This consistency will build his confidence and make it the utmost importance to stick to the schedule to a T as much as possible because the consistency builds the confidence and helps minimize the separation anxiety. Also, what is the schedule? How often does he see his dad? Is it 50-50? Is it 80-20 like one evening a week and every other weekend? Working on the schedule so it's not so far between visits, if that's a problem, would be good also. So if it's every other week, can you all do every other week, but the week he's with one parent, he gets to see the other in the middle of the week for one evening, or even if it's just for a couple of hours for dinner. Try to do some troubleshooting on that to see what you can make work out. Now I go back to the previous answer about putting the child first and making that the focus as much as possible rather than adults getting their feathers ruffled over schedules. Also, how often is he allowed to call the other parent when he's with one parent. My oldest has a phone watch that we use for various scenarios, like when he's at a friend's house, but it could work really well here. If he's allowed to have this phone watch, then he can connect with the other parent much more frequently and it would increase his feeling of control of being able to reach out to the other parent when he doesn't get to see them for a few days or a week. Now the watch was like $60, maybe $80. It can store up to four numbers and only those numbers can call into the watch. So no strangers can get a hold of your son. Now this may not matter in this case, but the watch also has a GPS. So I like that I can give my son a little more freedom than I otherwise would. I can see when he makes it down the block to his friend's house and then he also calls me once he gets there. The other thing is this watch, it's a $5 a month for that extra line on my account. So it's really inexpensive and definitely worth it for some peace of mind and to give him some control. I also think there have been a lot of changes for this little guy, and I have no idea how everything went during the divorce, but he's feeling really shaken right now. So I think it's really important that everyone be as patient with him as possible. Now, it doesn't mean he gets to be a disrespectful brat, but it does mean that patience with the process while he gains confidence and a feeling of control over his world because it's been shaken pretty deeply. It means that he should get some leeway about what he wears and other things that really have no long-term effect or negative outcome. If he were throwing a fit and insisting on fast food for lunch every day, then that's a place to put a foot down. I'll get more into the details and some suggestions about the clothing in a minute, but it's also good to work with him on behavior that is acceptable versus unacceptable. He needs to learn to share his frustrations and disappointments in an acceptable way. But again, be patient with this process. This will take some time. You want to work with him to coach and teach him ways to express his feelings without throwing a big 
fit. You want to coach and guide him through this. The best ways and times to do this are when he is calm. Sit down and talk with him about his behavior when he's calm. A preemptive talk would be great. You could say something like, we notice you've been having trouble sharing your feelings and frustrations in a calm manner lately, and we need to work on this. When you are upset, we need you to share with us how you are feeling by using your words. You can tell us something like, I'm upset because I really like to wear sweats. They're comfortable. Why can't I wear them today? Or I'm feeling anxious because I won't see dad this afternoon and I'm not sure when I'm going to see him again. If you see he's starting to get keyed up, or if you know it's a situation that normally causes strife, try to preempt it by having a talk and connecting. So at drop-off, your husband can say, I know it's hard when I drop you off and you don't get to see me in the afternoon, but I want you to know that I love you and I'm always here for you. You will see me on Thursday and you can call me anytime you want. Remind him how to share his feelings appropriately. If he does still have a meltdown, then work with him after and have him practice. What could you have said instead? How could you have reacted differently? Then coach him through it, have him practice. Then work with him in general on emotional intelligence, which means sharing feelings with the right people in the appropriate ways and appropriate times. Teach him feeling words. Describe them when you see them in him. I can see you're irritated or frustrated, annoyed, anxious, etc. because dot dot dot, whatever the reason. And then use these for yourself. I'm feeling irritated because the delivery was supposed to be here by now and I have to leave for an appointment. Or I'm feeling frustrated because the dog threw up all over the carpet and I don't have time to clean it up before we all have to leave for school and work. Whatever the case may be, just share your feelings and your reasons why, because this is modeling this behavior for him. Now, the full class on tantrums covers lots of ways to work on these skills, both right after the meltdown and during quiet time. So if you want to learn more, you can see that class on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the health and development section. Now, let me get back to the close for a moment because I feel this is really important. I know it's hard as the adult who wants your child to look presentable and they don't care if they look like a total slob. We feel it reflects on us personally as parents. Here's where I am on that. And I feel I can speak with authority on this because my eight-year-old who is very bright, does amazing in school, comes right home at the end of the day, it sits right down to do his homework each day, but he dresses like a total slob to go to school. I don't love it, I don't even like it, and I have suggested in the past that he take more pride in his appearance, but he doesn't care. And truth be told, I realized it doesn't affect his academic performance one iota, and that's why he's in school. Now to add this to the fact that he wears gym shorts or sweats every day, he plays handball at school as much as humanly possible, and he gets dirty. That ball hits the ground and the dirt gets on their hands and therefore on his shorts and pants. Well, now his shorts are stained. They look dirty even when they are not. So now I'm literally heading out after school today with him to buy him some new gym shorts so that at least he wears new stain-free ones to school. Now I draw the line at wearing the same pair of shorts or shirt for a second day in a row. They must go in the laundry each night. 
but I have just let this issue go. For me, it's not worth it. It doesn't affect his academic performance, and that's what really matters to me when he goes to school. Plus, I love that he's getting that exercise and that he wants to be comfortable when he is working out at recess. So I would suggest backing off on the pushing on that and letting him have that as one of his few areas of comfort and control in his life. If you can go shopping and find some nicer looking sweats or gym shorts or some nicer looking comfortable shorts that everyone can compromise and agree on, great, do that. Or if you can find some nicer looking shorts for those outings when you'd like him to dress up, come up with some type of compromise. That could be an area to work on if you want to. Now we do put our foot down when it comes to outings for nicer places or award ceremonies and the like. However, your stepson is dealing with a lot more and struggling with feelings and emotions and upsets in his life that mine are not. So given that, I would back away from making this an area of concern or a requirement at all for the time being. Now my last suggestion is to consider some therapy for him. If you work on all these things and he doesn't get any better as far as the tantrums and the meltdowns within a few months or you see them getting worse, seek some help from a professional and make sure you really vet that person well. And lastly, in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about some common reasons for misbehavior and their solutions. And you may find some more interesting information that you can pull out of that episode in helping with this scenario. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.